Hello and welcome to the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists news podcast for April 2023. I'm Vicky Harris and I'm here with Derek Munn, the Director of Policy and Public Affairs at RCSRT. And we're delighted to be joined today by RCSRT's new CEO, Steve Jameson. Good morning, Derek and Steve. Good morning, Vicky. Hello. Um, so I think I'm going to start with Steve. Steve, firstly, a very warm welcome and congratulations on your new role. I wonder if you can tell us a bit about what drew you to RCSLT. Thank you very much, Vicky. Um, absolutely delighted to be the uh, next chief exec at the uh, Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists. Um, I've had previous experience in membership organisations. I worked at the Royal College of Nursing for a number of years, um, and I was then chief exec at the Royal College of um, Podiatry. So I come from a membership background and uh, I, I have a number of reasons why I was keen on applying for the role of chief exec at the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists. One of them is that I'm a nurse by background, as you can uh, probably be aware. Um, and I've had lots of experience in working with speech and language therapists throughout my nursing career, which has been a real privilege to understand their profession and, and actually see the benefits they have in their work day to day with, uh, with service users and members. I also have personal experience of um, a family member who um, at their end of life um, was uh, cared for and supported by a speech and language therapist who really, really made a, a great difference to um, the end of life care. Um, and I just, over my nursing career and my professional care, career in general, I've just seen what a wonderful profession it is. And when I was aware that the post of chief exec was coming up, I just thought what a great uh, opportunity to join an organization such as uh, the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists and be able to, to lead this organization through the, uh, the next sort of five to seven years of their strategic direction. So really excited to be here. This is uh, week five of my role. So getting my head around the organization, but really, really enjoying it. And everybody, both staff and members that I've met so far have made me feel really welcome. Thank you. That's fantastic. And really good to hear about your sort of professional experience of SLTs and then the personal as well. So thank you. So you're here now. Um, I wonder if you can now tell the listeners, is it is it possible for you to summarise what your mission is for the RCSRT? What what do you want to be achieving here? Yes, um, uh, early days, as you can uh, understand, Vicky. But but I guess, you know, I, I've been able to have a, a real sort of look under the skin of the organisation so far. And as I said, early days, four or five weeks into the role. But, but already I see so much wonderful work going on, both from the political lobbying side of the organisation. Um, I know Derek's here. He'll probably talk about some of that in a moment. But, but some really brilliant um, relationships with our um, key stakeholders externally, both from a political lobbying point of view, but also with other um, external organisations. Um, and I want to continue that. I want to make sure that we have got that really good working relationship. And then when people think of speech and language therapists, they think straight away of the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists. So it's about making sure that the profile of our organisation is as high as it possibly can be. I have, for example, written yesterday to a number of MPs in England to ask to meet with them because I think it's really important that they hear about the really good work we're doing, but also the challenges that our members are facing 
today. Um, I also want to make sure that we have seats around the top tables of decision-making committees and organizations. And so I want to make sure that I open the door for both members and members of staff to be able to have those seats around the tables to make sure that they have the voice of speech and language therapists um, and the decisions that are needing to be made there. So that's really important. Um, I also just want to make sure that uh, my mission really is about supporting our members. You know, it is really tough out there right now. And uh, there are lots of uh, really big, difficult issues, including workforce, which I, I guess Derek will pick up on later on. But, you know, it's about supporting our members. And the, the Royal College is, is a membership organization. So it's my view that we're here to support our members, both in their day-to-day -day delivery of their work, but also in their professional development. And we've got some brilliant work going on in the professional side of our organization. And I want to make sure that that continues and that we work with our members to get the best possible professional development and professional work delivered out to our membership to allow them to practice in the most um, effective and efficient way that they can do. Obviously, coming in as chief exec, there is a, there's a bit of, for me around the internal workings of our organization. And, you know, I, I've, I've had, for example, two days last week when I was with the senior management team, spending time just looking at our internal workings, our operational side of the organization. And there are many areas, like every organization, where fresh eyes often can see where we need to do things differently. So as an SMT, we worked really closely last week on starting to unplug some of those, I guess, challenges that we have and looking at where we need to go um, and how we need to take the organization forward. So for me, it's about a clear direction for every member of staff. It's about making sure that they know where we need to be and, and working to support our staff to be able to deliver the, what they need to do, uh, what they need to deliver for our, our members moving forward. And ultimately, you know, one of the other key things for me, my mission is to understand the world of speech and language therapists much more than I currently do. I'm not a speech and language therapist, but I have already arranged a number of key visits around the four countries of the UK to, to meet with our members and see the services and understand what's happening on, on the shop floor of our members and where I need to make sure that I can fight their cause at the top tables of, um, of decision making. So over the next few months, um, I hope that a number of members who are listening to this podcast uh, will be meeting with myself and, and, and telling me what they think about where we need to be and what we need to do. Um, I I'm very firmly believe that um, as staff within our organization, we should not be seen as London-centric. We need to be out and working with our, our members and organizations across the four countries. And that's one of my aims to do that. So... With an external view and an internal view, I hope that that gives you a, a bit of a taste of where I am right now. And uh, as I say, five weeks into the role, and maybe if you come back in a few months' time and ask me the same question, I hope I'll be able to give you a more in-depth view. But that's, that's my feeling so far, and I hope it's been helpful. Brilliant. Thank you. Very wide-ranging, so that's really good. And exciting times ahead, I think. Do you have any particular messages for speech and language therapists and also the people that they support? Yes, you know, I mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago. You know, it's really difficult out there now. Um, we know about the workforce issues. We know about, you know, the, the lack of numbers of speech and language therapists across the four countries of the UK. And 
the you know the lack of services that are out there and 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 I think we we are fighting really hard to see what we can do to make sure that we get more speech and language therapists trained and educated to be able to um, step into these wonderful roles. But I also understand from the families that um, are waiting for um, assessments and treatment from and support from our speech and language therapists that often those wait, waiting times are in some cases up to 12 months, which is just not acceptable. So, you know, what I would be saying to those people who are on that waiting list, um, you know, I apologize. I think it's it's wrong what's happening, um, but but be reassured that the, um, the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists is fighting the cause to make sure that we get those services addressed and get people who are needing to be seen by, by our speech and language therapists that they're seen as quickly as possible. And that has a major impact on morale within our, within our uh, speech and language therapists, no matter which area of, of SLT you work in. Um, and so morale for me is a big issue and we need to look at how we can support our members through this really difficult time. Um, and that's, I think, one of the key fundamental roles that the Royal College um, needs to be doing. And uh, we'll be looking at how we do that moving forward. So yes, my message is thank you, first of all, for the hard work and the really brilliant work you do in every sector of speech and language therapists. And I understand totally how difficult it is right now for those people in practice um, and in education and in research. But, but be reassured that you've got the backing and the support of the Royal College to enable you to be the best you possibly can do. And for those families who are waiting for um, assessment or services from the world of speech and language therapists, I apologize. And I hope that you'll understand that we are doing our best and that we will try our best to make sure that, that the treatments are made available as quickly as possible to those who are waiting. So yes, uh, a lot needing to be done, but be reassured that it's top of our agenda right now. Great. Thank you, Steve. That's really good. Um, I'm going to move on to Derek now. Um, Derek, I wonder if you could tell listeners about the latest vacancy survey results, please. And it sort of chimes a bit with what Steve was just saying. Uh, certainly. And Steve was able to speak to journalists in the media about the vacancy survey, too. So he may have more to say. People who've listened before will know that we asked members across the country to let us know the latest around vacancy rates. More than 200 services in England, Scotland and Wales responded. The results are pretty shocking. The average vacancy rate is 23%, um, goes up to 25% for children's services in England. Well over 90% of managers responding said that recruitment is challenging, particular issues with band six and band seven. So uh, it it's not good news. We did, at the same time as putting out the survey, say something about what we think needs to happen, particularly in the context of England, where we're still waiting for the NHS England workforce plan. And our policy prescription comes under the heading of improving workforce planning, improving funding, of course, student training, but also retention and development for the workforce right through the life course and we've got detail around all of that to say yes the situation on vacancies is shocking but here are some things that can be done to make the situation better. Steve I don't know if you had any reflections from the the media conversations that you undertook. 
Thank you, Derek. Yeah, and we were really successful in our, our media campaign a few weeks ago. We were on the front page of the Sunday Telegraph, for example, and on the um, Independent uh, a couple of days after that. The, the journalists who interviewed myself and, and in fact, some speech and language therapists were themselves, I guess, quite shocked at these figures and the shocked at the waiting times of um, people waiting to be seen. I think it's uh, a real concern for us. Um, I have spoken to a number of key people about the, as you say, Derek, the NHS workforce plan. Where is it? We're waiting for that to come out. I understand, well, I have understood that it was out before Easter and then it's coming out after Easter. Still haven't seen that yet. Um, and uh, that in itself is a real concern for me. Um, the journalists picked up on this and picked up on some of the alarming figures. And they will come back to us. I, I've had... Um, confirmation from at least two journalists that they will come back to us and work with us on more of the stories that are you know really resonating with our with their um, their readers about just the impact that not having a work plan um, is having on the services for our service users so a big piece of work that we're just waiting on uh, but we can't sit on our laurels we have to as a royal college do the best that we can whilst we're waiting for all of this to happen Thank you. It's good news the story is getting out there. Um, I'm going to go to Derek now. I wonder what else will be of interest to our listeners, Derek? Thanks, Vicky. Let me just run through a few things very quickly, and you can find more about these if you want, either in the news section of the website, or I know that Vicky will put relevant things in the, the notes to the podcast. Um, we had off the back of the, the workforce work that we've been doing a debate in Parliament, which was very good. A number of MPs spoke around the need for the speech and language therapy workforce, who we've not heard speak before. We can follow them up, which is excellent. I just want to mention something in the Welsh Senate or the Welsh Parliament, which has come out just today. We gave evidence back in December around youth justice and speech language communication needs in Wales in the youth justice system. The committee of the Welsh Senate, of the Welsh Parliament, has put out a pretty hard-hitting report today, which is getting media coverage in Wales uh, about the need to recognise speech-language communication needs across the youth justice system and have speech-language therapy available in response. So excellent work from our Wales team. We'll pick that up going forward. Other things to mention, we mentioned the NHS England Workforce Plan. I and mean, something that's pretty big in our world is that Health Education England, the agency that deals with workforce has been subsumed into NHS England. So the people that we work with are undergoing this massive structural and financial change, which is also part of the mix. I want to mention um, HCPC. We've talked more recently about the increase in the HCPC fee. What's going on right now from April to June is a consultation on HCPC's core standards of practice and also a subsidiary one on their social media guidance. So we're working to prepare a response from the profession on some big ticket issues in, in the HCPC standards. We'll make sure that it goes on the website and in the e-newsletter. If you have got views that you want to express around the revision to the HCPC standards, please do get in touch with us. Several more things. The ongoing political changes in Scotland include a new health secretary, Michael Matheson, MSP. Uh, he is an occupational therapist to trade before he became a politician. So we're pleased that the new Scottish health secretary 
knows one end of the allied health professions from another, let us say, and we'll be following that up. Uh, This week is Greener AHP's week, and we've taken the opportunity to summarise where we've got to on the SLT journey towards sustainability. You can find details of that. A couple of other things that we have put out in the last month since we last spoke. There's a new professional framework to support people through that workforce life journey, which we hope will be helpful. We've got a new statement on thick and fluids, which we urge people with a relevant interest to take a look at. And the Council of Deans of Health have put out a new report on anti-racism work, which references a number of the examples we've given around anti-racism and speech and language therapy. Brilliant. Thank you, Derek. Um, Steve, did you want to come in on any of those? Thank you. There's a lot really there. And I think the, the HCPC consultation is really important. And uh, it would be great to hear from members on their views on that. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Derek and Steve. That's been a fantastic episode. Please look out for our next news podcast in mid-May. And also, we have recorded a podcast about our new support worker framework, which is coming out in late May. So do keep an eye out for that. Okay, thank you very much. Goodbye.